Only the weekend separates us from the start of Sacramento Kings training camp. And we know Harrison Barnes is one of three established starters on this Kings roster. I'm here to make a case for why Harrison will have a bounce back season for the Sacramento Kings right here on Locked on Kings. You are Locked on Kings, your daily Sacramento Kings podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. And now. Ladies and gentlemen, it is that time, time for another episode of Locked on Kings. Hello and welcome into Locked on Kings, your podcast hub for Sacramento Kings coverage all regular season and all off season today presented by Bet Online. They have you covered all season long with more props, odds and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. My name is Matt George. I have the privilege of being your host here. I'm a Sacramento sports reporter and producer at ABC 10 News. I'm very excited to be in the Sacramento Kings practice facility on Monday for media day. And then Tuesday, the 27th is the official starting day of Sacramento Kings training camp. It's been a long time coming. Of course, we've talked a lot about Kings training camp and the storylines heading into training camp over the last couple of months. And the fact that it's finally here means hopefully we're going to get a lot of answers to a lot of the questions that we have, or at least some of the answers to a lot of the questions that we have. And the majority of our questions have to do with lineups and rotations and especially what the starting five is going to look like for the Sacramento Kings. The thing that we don't really question to this point, maybe we should in some ways, but I don't think it's a question, is that De'Aaron Fox, DeMontis Sabonis, and Harrison Barnes If all three of them are healthy, all three of them are going to be starters in Sacramento. And I've actually seen in my comment section, I've had tweets and emails sent to me of some of you who believe that maybe Harrison Barnes should come off the bench for this Kings team. And while there might be a case to make for that, I don't think that's realistic. Harrison Barnes is absolutely an NBA uh, starter. And the idea that the Sacramento Kings would go to a... Fox, Monk, Herder, one, two, and three, or a Fox, Mitchell, Herder, one, two, and three. I just don't think that's realistic. I think there are lineups at times that the Kings will use and can use over the course of the season that might feature the three of those when Harrison Barnes is either moved to the four or out of the lineup completely. But to start for that to be the Kings' starting lineup or for that to be the the five best kings on the floor lineup, I just don't think that is realistic. I know some, many, are down on Harrison Barnes because of, quite frankly, the really rough season that he had last year. And it got off to an extremely promising start. Remember the start that Harrison Barnes got off to offensively, really leading the kings in scoring for the first couple weeks of the season. We knew at that time that that wasn't sustainable. What we didn't know was that Harrison would have a plummet of a drop-off in many ways. And it wasn't specifically offensively. It was defensively where Harrison Barnes had just an abysmal year. His worst year defensive rating-wise as a Sacramento King. His worst year as a defender maybe in his entire career. And a lot of people think, okay, now Harrison Barnes, is, is a, he's a negative to neutral defender when he plays for a team that is overall a negative to at best neutral defensive team. 
the Kings, of course, and Mike Brown are, are, are going to try and change that. And I am here to make a case for why I believe Harrison Barnes is going to have a significant bounce back season for the Sacramento Kings. Now, what does that mean? Does that mean that Harrison Barnes plays so well that the Kings get some value for him at the trade deadline? Is that Harrison Barnes plays so well that it helps the Kings accomplish their goal of making the playoffs and therefore maybe Harrison wants to sign another contract with the Kings and stick around? It can go in a a, a million different directions. A good season for Harrison Barnes could end up being both a good and bad thing for the Kings in terms of losing him at the end of the year. I've shared many times before, I believe at this point in time, the best option for the Sacramento Kings is to hang on to Harrison Barnes. They're not going to trade him before the season starts and hope basically that they can have a good enough season and he can be a good enough part of that season to where he wants to renew his contract or wants to return to the Kings. Now they could sign him to a contract extension before the season is over or right now before he even tests free agency. But I don't think that's necessarily a realistic route or, I mean, it's realistic. I don't think it's the best and most enticing route for Harrison Barnes and maybe the Sacramento Kings based off the year that he had last year at this point in time. I don't know what the better option is for the Sacramento Kings at that starting three spot than Harrison Barnes, which is why he's still on this roster. And that might be the case next off season as well. But all the context of how Harrison plays this year is going to play a factor. And I truly believe that this is going to be a significantly better season for Harrison Barnes. And there's three reasons for that. Number one is I believe Harrison will play better simply because he's on a contract year. And NBA players going into contract years play better. You can just look at the numbers to support that. It doesn't necessarily mean their best years are contract years, but they typically play overall better. They're more focused. They give more because they know they are directly playing this year for their next contract. Harrison Barnes is playing for his next contract. Harrison Barnes at 30 years old is playing for his final major NBA contract, in my opinion. He might get another minor deal after, but at this point in time, I think Harrison Barnes is playing for his final four to maybe five year, but more than likely just a four-year contract at this point in time. And he wants the upwards of still, I'm sure, 16 to $20 million per year, maybe even a little more than that as the TV money continues to come in and the salary cap continues to go up. And more importantly, I think he wants that kind of money on a team that has playoff and championship expectations that is willing to pay him and bring him along for that ride, believing that he can be a difference maker on that team. And I believe that every other team, all 29 other teams in the NBA would have interest in Harrison Barnes. Of course, the price point is to be questioned. As of right now, I believe Harrison is going into this season where he's making $18 million per year. It's the lowest amount that he's paid during this contract. It was a front-loaded contract that he got. I think it was 24, 22, 20, and now 18 that he got from the Sacramento Kings uh, now three years ago. So going into a contract year, I believe Harrison is going to be refocused now Focus is an interesting word that I'm intentionally using because in a lot of ways, I think Harrison lost focus with the Sacramento Kings last season. I think the Sacramento Kings as a whole lost focus amidst a multitude of different reasons from changes of coaches to players, quite frankly, out for themselves in many ways. And I'm not just talking about guys that are no longer here. Like, I mean, it was a very difficult year for all of us 
And that includes the players and, and everybody who was a part of the Sacramento Kings organization last year with how that season went. So while I don't give Harrison Barnes a pass, especially with him being a veteran, him being a leader, him being someone who knows how the NBA works, I don't excuse him for kind of falling into the same rut that everybody else fell into. I don't think that's excusable for someone who is hoping to have an important role on a winning basketball team. I do understand it, right? So this year, I think Harrison having a very clearly defined, established, and here's the big word, consistent role is going to be the bigger, di- the biggest difference maker for him. And there, there's multiple parts to that. He, to me, the best way to sum up what I believe Harrison's role is going to be here in Sacramento and his ideal role, his most effective role here in Sacramento is as a hybrid wing glue guy. I think he's going to be the starting three for the Sacramento Kings. There are a lot of reasons why he could play a a good amount of minutes as a starting four or as a four period. Like I think Mike Brown coming in and giving Harrison Barnes that established role that will not change throughout this season. And it could change out of necessity, but it won't always change out of necessity versus in years past, Harrison had to be plugged into wherever the dam was leaking at that wing spot. Starting three at the four spot, the Kings wing depth was not good. And some would argue the wing depth of this team still is one of their business biggest weaknesses. Mike Brown and Harrison Barnes have to find where he's most effective and consistently put him in that spot and not move him around and jostle him around based off of matchups or based off of injuries or based off of put out the fire over here, Harrison, put out the fire over there, Harrison. And I think Harrison Barnes in many ways was the guy that he was the safety blanket that they threw over themselves. The Kings threw over themselves from time to time. Oh, Harrison will help us out. Harrison will bail us out or put this on Harrison. He'll know what to do. If you're a Disney nerd like I am and my family is, like the you know the movie Encanto and the surface pressure song that Louisa sings, Louisa, one of the sisters, where she feels like everything is on her shoulders, right? This is a really weird metaphor to use in an NBA basketball podcast, but here I am. I have a, I have a one-year-old son. Um, Harrison, I know, felt like a lot of that pressure was on him on sometimes a nightly basis to solve some unfixable problems for the Sacramento Kings, especially on the defensive end. Harrison's performance defensively last season was not forgivable. Like Harrison is way better than what he provided for the Kings defensively last year. The Kings as a whole were an abysmal, terrible defensive team last year. That does not excuse Harrison for having his worst defensive rating of his career at 116.7, a negative 6.7 net rating, which is his worst in his time with the Sacramento Kings. But also I recognize that Harrison played the most minutes he's ever played for the Kings at 2,587 minutes, major load on his shoulders, basically out of necessity. And on top of that, he had an 18.4 usage rate, which was his highest usage rate of his time with the Sacramento Kings. The Kings in many ways wore Harrison Barnes down last season. Completely wore him down. And I don't blame him at times for not giving maximum effort on the defensive end or at any end of the floor, really, when the rest of the team wasn't either. I think a refocused Harrison Barnes 
is what we're going to see, not just in training camp, but at the start of this next season. We're going to see a Harrison, and refocus doesn't mean him starting out the year offensively the same way he started out last season, because we know that that's not necessarily sustainable. But here's a big difference, and here's where the consistent, established role comes into play. Harrison doesn't have to be that anymore. I went into this offseason wanting the Kings to accomplish multiple things. One of the major things I wanted the Kings to accomplish was to find a way to enter next season, this upcoming season, where Harrison doesn't have to be the third option on offense anymore. And there are some who still believe that Harrison is the third option offensively for this team, for this starting lineup. He might still be to start the season. I don't think that'll be the case by the end of the season or even a couple months into the season. I think Harrison Barnes is going to be the fourth offensive option for the most part when he's on the floor with the Kings best lineup. I expect Harrison Barnes to be on the floor as a starter. I expect Harrison Barnes to be on the floor as a closer. And during those times, I expect him to be the fourth scoring option in those lineups. And I've said Harrison Barnes as a fourth offensive option is a really, really strong position for the Sacramento Kings to be in. Now, maybe it's Keegan Murray who's taking that third option. That might be too much to put on a rookie at the start of the season. Maybe it's Kevin Herter or Malik Monk who are coming in to be that third offensive option so Harrison can slide down to the four. I don't know who that third option is, but there are significantly better options available for the Sacramento Kings this year to be that third option than there have been really at any point over the, the course of Harrison's time here as a Sacramento King. I think Harrison being a fourth option offensively means that he can provide a more consistent offensive output. He doesn't have to have those major offensive nights to carry the Sacramento Kings, followed up by the nights where, quite frankly, he would disappear, right? Harrison would just disappear on nights when the Kings could not survive him disappearing offensively. And instead of having the peaks and valleys If Harrison's status quo can be 15 points per game, 16 points per game, like he's basically been around his entire time as a Sacramento King, but it's 15, 16 points nightly instead of 25 points here and six points here that balance out to that 15, 16 points average, if that makes sense. A clearly established, defined role that Mike Brown gives him a refocus on the defensive end of the floor that we know Mike is going to bring for the entire team, not just for Harrison Barnes. And the fact that Harrison does not have to be the third or at times even second option offensively. There are going to be nights where Harrison has the hot hand and the Kings give him the ball more, and that's fine. I'm not saying you go away from that, but the Kings won't be reliant upon that. All these, I think, play into Harrison having a better season. And finally, accountability. Like how many times, and and this was more apparent to me maybe than it was to you because I'm a member of the media in these post-game press conferences, but after every bad Kings loss, and there were a boatload of them, when the Kings were on their long losing streaks, when the, the Kings were getting absolutely embarrassed, Harrison Barnes was the one at the podium talking to reporters after the game. And Harrison was the one saying, 
the same things over and over again and admitting to us. He would start his press conferences saying, look, I've, I've said this before and I'll say it again, same mistakes. This, And then he'd go on to list them and why the team can't make them. And then he would call for accountability. He would call for everybody holding themselves accountable and limiting these mistakes in the future, saying things like, until we limit these mistakes, we're, we're not going to win in this league. Like, accountability in so many ways fell on Harrison Barnes' shoulders alone last year. And that's something that, that's a load that I expect Mike Brown to take from Harrison. That's a load I expect, in some extent, De'Aaron Fox to take from Harrison. DeMontis Sabonis to take from Harrison. I think Davion Mitchell is going to step up more and needs to step up more as a vocal leader this year for him to take some of that accountability off of Harrison. I think accountability team-wide also means that Harrison himself will be held more accountable. Harrison was basically the guy that held everybody else accountable and probably needed him to hold himself accountable more. Now there's going to be multiple people, including his head coach, that will hold him more accountable, and I think Harrison will respond to that. When I say bounce-back year for Harrison Barnes, I don't mean the best year of his career. I don't even mean his best year statistically as a Sacramento King. I mean the best version of himself that helps the Sacramento Kings win basketball games. Harrison Barnes is one of the smarter, excuse me, Harrison Barnes is one of the smartest players, one of the most respected players on this roster. And I think he's going to be an extension of Mike Brown in a lot of ways on the floor for the Kings. I think this is going to be one of Harrison's best years as a King. I know, and it doesn't have to mean scoring wise. It doesn't have to be reflected across the board in his box scores and in his averages. But I think Harrison Barnes is going to be a major difference maker in helping the Sacramento Kings win. In fact, I think the wing position is going to potentially make or break the Sacramento Kings this season. And I'll explain more of that outside of just Harrison Barnes after I tell you about Bet Online, the great sponsor here of the Locked On Kings podcast. Bet online is your number one source for all of your football betting happening right now and all season long. You can find all the latest player developments, team matchups, news, podcasts, and in-depth uh, in-depth articles, analytics, analysis on every game that you can possibly find, both college and professional. As always, Bet Online remains your continued source for all your sports wagering information with live betting and up-to-the-minute scores for every sport out there. And of course, once basketball season rolls around, Bet Online dives headfirst into basketball betting. There are fun future and prop bets involving the Sacramento Kings, involving the entire NBA right now for you to go and gamble on. Uh, you can bet on Keegan Murray to win Rookie of the Year. You can bet on the Kings over under win totals. You can put money down on the Kings to actually win the NBA Finals if you want to. There's so many fun bets that are out there, and they're only going to pick up and get more fun once we get into preseason and regular season in October. It's the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite games and events. That includes MLB Baseball still with the playoffs coming up, MMA and boxing if you're into that, golf if you're into that, head to betonline.net or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet online where the game starts. So now that I've talked your ear off about Harrison Barnes and why I believe Harrison Barnes will have a bounce back season, let's talk about the wing position as a whole. Because like I mentioned, depth wise, the wing is still the probably weakest range of depth that the Sacramento Kings have. There's, there's guards, there's backcourt. There's wings and there's bigs. Kings have good wing, uh, big depth and a lot of big depth. The Kings have good guard depth and a lot of guard depth. Wing-wise, it's 
Harrison Barnes, it's Keegan Murray, and it's question mark, right? Is it is it Kevin Herter? Will Kevin Herter get time at the wing? I absolutely think he will. Trey Lyles, he, he kind of, to me, is more in the big category, but will he maybe play more of a wing role? Uh, Chima Maneke, Casey uh, Akpala, Keon Ellis. These are three guys that maybe could play the wing effectively at the NBA level, but they're projects. We don't know. The wing position, depth-wise, out of the three, is the weakest for the Sacramento Kings. And wing depth, the wing possession period in the NBA, is so monumentally important. While, of course, De'Aaron Fox, DeMontis Bonus, how they play and what they do is ultimately going to be the, the be-all, end-all deciding factor for the Sacramento Kings. That's not going to change. I think in many ways, the wing position is make or break for the Sacramento Kings. And make or break could mean them being a playoff team versus them being a play-in team. Like, it's not going to be them being a playoff team and then being one of the worst teams in the NBA. It's not that significant, I hope. Because if it is, man, the Kings might be in trouble. But if the Kings find a way to have an effective wing rotation, and that especially means defensively, like if, if Harrison Barnes can be that three, four that plays well defensively, if Keegan Murray can be that four, maybe three, we don't really know how Keegan Murray's going to fare as a three. Hopefully that's one of the questions that we maybe get answered during training camp and preseason, but he's absolutely a four like defensively how Keegan Murray fits in there. And then when it comes to Mike Brown's rotations, I think Kevin Herter is going to get a lot of time as a three with the Sacramento Kings. And he's, played arguably some of his most effective basketball of his career when he was playing the three with the Atlanta Hawks. But of course there were defensive question marks there offensively though. We know he's capable of doing it. Although his 12 points or whatever per game average, I expect that number to go up. It needs to go up, especially if he's going to be a starter for the Sacramento Kings, especially if he's going to be the third scoring option or make a case for himself being a third scoring option for the Sacramento Kings when he's on the floor next to Harrison Barnes, Fox and Sabonis. Keegan Murray also could be one to, to make a case for that as well, that, that third scoring option. If Kevin Herter is really going to play a strong amount of minutes at that three spot, of course, we're hoping that opens the door up for some really creative and effective guard lineups for the Sacramento Kings, but they can't just rely on that every night, especially when the majority of the best players on each team that they're going to face over the course of the season are at that wing spot. It's really defense that I'm talking about and paying most attention to here. Like I think wing wise, offensively, the Kings are going to be effective. They're going to like Kevin Herter playing that three spot. Harrison Barnes, we know can offer offense. Keegan Murray, I believe is going to be able to offer offense. Like I'm not too worried necessarily about the wing scoring for the Kings, especially with the spacing that they now have and the amount of attention that's going to be on Fox and Sabonis and Sabonis's ability to find open players. Like I'm, 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 I'm less concerned about wing scoring. I'm more concerned about wing defense. This is going to be one of the major problems for Mike Brown to figure out whether it's Keegan Murray being a better defender than we hoped for immediately as a NBA player. And I think Keegan has the makings of a good NBA defender. Of course, the NBA game is a different beast and the speed is going to be different and the quality of player is going to be different. How ready is Keegan Murray to be an impactful defender as a uh, rookie right away? 
that's that's a tough question to answer going into training camp. And only really NBA game experience is going to answer that question. That's a question I don't really have or expect to have an answer to come opening night against the Blazers. But Kevin Herter's effectiveness as a three is a question that I hope to have some kind of answer to. And what those lineups look like is a question I definitely hope to have an answer to come opening out against the Blazers. Team defense, of course, is also going to help in a lot of ways. I, I'm not looking for Barnes or Herter or Murray to be a lockdown individual defender. I think we know that the effectiveness of the Sacramento Kings defensively is going to come through a revitalized and renewed team defensive identity that Mike Brown is going to provide where they do have an elite defender in Davion Mitchell and other guys who have capabilities of being great defenders in this league. I don't expect three or four individual defenders to be able to carry the Kings from the absolute pit of the NBA defensively where they've been living for the last decade to middle of the pack, which is really all we want here, right? We don't want the, or I mean, we want the Sacramento Kings to be one of the best defensive teams in the league, of course, but we don't expect that. I don't think the Kings going from 27th to top 10 is realistic considering the personnel that are still on this roster. Like Mike Brown would be a miracle worker at that point. But the Kings moving from 27th to 15th, I think that's maybe best case scenario, but it's not impossible. And how they play, what their wing depth looks like defensively might be the difference in that. Because backcourt defense, guard play defensively needs to get way better. Big man defense, the Kings would love to find a rim protector. Maybe that's Rashawn Holmes. Hopefully DeMontis Sabonis being here helps with that as well. But that wing spot, when the best wings in the NBA come to town, when LeBron James comes to town, when Giannis Antetokounmpo comes to town, when the Bulls and DeMar DeRozan come to town, some might consider DeRozan more more of a two. But when the best wings in the NBA come to town, how do the Kings handle them defensively? Are they torched every single night, or do they have a team defensive game plan for that that the wings on this team can perform the Barneses, Herders, Akpalas, Manekes, if they play and if they make the team, Keon Ellis, again, maybe more of a two, but could get some time as a wing. Keegan Murray, Trey Lyles, Chemezi Metu, like whoever's playing, whoever it is out of that group that is playing consistent wing minutes, are they able to establish themselves in that role and have confidence, enough confidence in that role to they don't have to shut anybody down, but just don't get torched nightly. That, I think, is make or break for the Kings in a lot of ways this year. That's the difference, in my opinion, between them being an actual play-in team, which is more than likely how they're going to get in, or a top-six seed, which, again, I think like them being a six seed is probably absolute best-case scenario this year. I'm realistic about that. I want to hear your thoughts on Harrison Barnes. I want to hear your thoughts on the wing depth of the Sacramento Kings, what you would do if you were Mike Brown, the questions that you have not just about the wing position, but the questions that you have, period, for the Kings going into training camp. Send those to me at Matt George Sack on Twitter. Email me, MattGeorgeSports at gmail.com. Leave your thoughts in the YouTube comment section down below. 
I, of course, will be at Sacramento Kings Media Day on Monday. Very much looking forward to that. And I will hopefully have some very unique content coming out of that for the Lockdown Kings podcast. I'll, of course, also be there doing work uh, for ABC 10 Sports like I normally do. But maybe we'll have some questions answered just by what some of the players and coaches say during Media Day. Typically, it's not anything like that. It's more like of an, of an optimistic the team coming together and and preparation for the season type uh, environment and questions in in, in that regard. But I'm looking forward to uh, all of that nonetheless, and really kicking off what is hopefully God, how many times have we said this, but hopefully going to be the year that the Sacramento Kings finally end their playoff drought. And then I, I mean, I know I've, I've gotten myself in trouble with this again, but damn it, I'll, I'm, I'm stubborn and I'll stay and die on that hill continuously. I do believe this is going to be the team. This is going to be the year that the Kings do Blake break their playoff drought. I think their route is going to be through the play. And I think they're going to end up with a seventh or eighth seed. And I think they're going to win at least one play in game that will get them into the playoffs. I think that's the, I think it's going to take a lot of success over the course of the season in order for them to accomplish that. I don't think that's them at their absolute peak. Like I said, them at their peak is the sixth seed. I don't think they're going to accomplish that, although I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility. We'll have to see how it all plays out, but I do think the Sacramento Kings will be playing in some sort of best of seven series come May, come actual playoff time. Really hoping I'm not wrong again. Maybe this is another clip that's going to show up on one of my compilations during or at the end of the season of all the terrible takes that I had, but at least it'll be fun. I hope or entertaining at at any rate. I want to remind you that the ticket giveaway is going on Kings opening night tickets. I have tickets for uh, Kings and Blazers opening night, a pair of them lower bowl section. One sixteen is a thank you for helping us accomplish our uh, review goal. And just for an overall fantastic summer. If you are on Twitter, you can go and reply to my tweet. It's pinned at the top of my profile at Matt George sack SAC. You can find the, there's a picture of what the views look like is going to look like from your seat. All you have to do is reply to that tweet with a picture video, uh, or a short story of like a memory or something of you with the Sacramento Kings, or even it, it could honestly be just your favorite memory as a Sacramento King or watching the Sacramento Kings. That doesn't even involve you like your favorite game or favorite player moment or whatever it, it, it can be. And there is going to be a third party, not myself that will be choosing the winner. And then of course on, on the 15th, um, which is two days, I believe before yeah, the other game is on the 17th. On the 15th, I will be choosing that winner and I will be making sure they get the tickets so they get to go uh, to opening night. So maybe I might move that date up a little bit so you have a little more advanced notice about going to the game. Um, yeah, maybe I'll do that. I'll have to work that out. It depends on whatever third party I get to, to help me decide the winner. But uh, it is open to you to go and uh, and apply and, and put your name in the hat right now. And I, I hope you do so. And I hope, I hope I'm able to treat you uh, to, to opening night against the Portland Trailblazers. So. Can't wait for media day. Can't wait for training camp to start. Really looking forward to ramping things back up to five episodes a week like you expect during the regular season. Great guests, great content, great storylines coming out of training camp. We're going to have it all right here on Locked on Kings. So please continue to join me here. Thank you for an excellent summer. The wait is over. Training camp King season is here. So excited for that. So excited to have you with me. Please join me for the next episode of Locked on Kings. Until then, my name is Matt George. You have been listening to the Locked on Kings podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network.